Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the Romans teaching, our broadcast we do every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. <clears throat> but all the uh, broadcast and worship services we do here at Crossway Church, they're uploaded to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. So you can go there. If you're just now seeing these broadcasts, you can go there to the YouTube channel and catch all the services, all the uh, teachings on Romans. And today we're at part 7 of chapter 6. And Friday mornings at 9 a.m. we've been in the book of Galatians. Uh, every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Again, live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and uploaded to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. But every Friday morning, we've been teaching the book of Galatians since November of 17. And now we've rolled into uh, 2019, and we've got one, maybe two. We might get through this next Friday morning with Galatians, and if we do, I'll be starting a new series every Friday morning on the topic of righteousness. It's mentioned 291 times in God's Word, and I believe the Lord is showing me some things, that, I, and I want to share what He gives to me, what He reveals to me to the body of Christ. So again, uh, I hope you've been blessed through the teaching of Galatians. I hope that you do have a desire to, to learn the Word of God. And, and let me say that learning, uh, the first process of learning, I'll put it this way, is first to hear what God has said. And then faith comes by hearing, and faith is what puts us into action as far as allowing God to work in us what He's taught us, the knowledge He gives us. We allow Him by faith to work that knowledge in us, and that's called grace, God at work in our lives. So uh, again, this is uh, part 7 of Romans chapter 6 here on March the 4th, 2019 cold day here in northeast Texas. Uh, it's below 30. So to us, that's horrible here in northeast Texas. So uh, don't forget to pray for the families in Alabama that yesterday at some point experienced horrible, <clears throat> awful tornadoes that took the lives of several people there in Alabama. And uh, why don't we ask the Lord this morning right now just to help those comfort them and give them peace and to give us this morning what we need out of this Bible study. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning with our Bibles, God, with your presence, with your spirit, Lord, dwelling within us. And we ask you to give us that daily bread that we need today. I, I thank you for placing this hunger in us, Lord God, for more than a church service on Sunday and Wednesday, God, but even, Lord, every day, daily bread, daily, daily, daily. We thank you, Lord, for causing your word to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and loading us daily with the benefits that come through our faith and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we ask your peace and your comfort, God, your encouragement, Lord, upon those who have lost loved ones there in Alabama, Lord, through the tornado uh, activity yesterday. We pray, Lord, that you would just bring, Lord, your restoring hand into those families and, and just bring that great grace, God, that great grace and comfort, joy, and peace, all, Lord, that you have to offer into the lives of those who are suffering loss today. We ask it all in the name of Jesus this morning. Amen and amen. 
Well, again, we're right here in Romans chapter 6. This is part 7. Again, let me say go back, start at the beginning. You're going to just love this teaching because this teaching is always, should be always tied with Jesus and what he accomplished at Calvary. You see, God's word is truth, but his words are in righteousness. And righteousness is always tied to Jesus and what he accomplished at Calvary for you and your faith in that. Then you have the grace of God that brings forth the fruits of His righteousness. Praise the Lord. So here we are, and we're going to really focus on verse 5 today. If we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. And when you start a Bible verse out here with the word for, uh, typically that means because. So it what it does, it pushes you back and makes you read the verse prior to that so you can see why he said because we have been planted together in the likeness. So let's back up and read verse 4. It's very key that you learned how to study the Bible so the Lord can uh, not just, you know, the Lord's not just going to let you open up a, uh, his, his word today and just start all over today. He wants you to keep going. He wants you, he wants to show you why you're reading, how it's tied to what you've read yesterday so that when you get into tomorrow, you've been accumulating, you've been uh, picking up and caring, you've been being enlightened and you don't just read one verse a day starting all over every day. No, God is compiling his word. He's building you shining his light more and more in your heart. So let's do that. Verse 4, chapter 6 of Romans. Therefore we are buried by him, with him rather, by baptism into death, not water baptism. We're buried with him because we were immersed into his death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, we're told that we should be walking in newness of life because when God crucified His Son, He represented us. We were crucified with Him and we were also, because we were there is where we were immersed into Christ, into His death. That's where we were placed into the body of Christ. Hear it again, into His death, not His resurrection. We were baptized, immersed into the man who was dying for our sins on the cross. And that because that's where true faith exists. It's the only legitimate faith that God will recognize. Faith, here it comes, in Christ. And the entrance into Christ is not the resurrection, not the burial. Not, no, the, the entrance into Christ is when we were immersed into his death. As he died for us, he represented us. Get that. Always, it's very important that we never let leave our minds the, the, the thought of identification and representation. You and I were born into this life having been represented by and identified with the first representative of the human race, Adam, in the garden. The man who was formed of the dirt, God breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. Jesus, and this is all found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 through 47, right there. Jesus, called by God, the last Adam, who came from heaven, not formed of the dirt, but 
was born of the virgin, the last Adam, who is not a living soul, but a life-giving spirit. Think about that. Jesus is a life-giving spirit. But the point is, he is the last Adam, the last representative of the human race. There's only been two. The first Adam who became a sinner, therefore all that would be born of his flesh, his lineage, all the human race would be born in sin, guilty, separated from God. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And the way that we are or anybody is born again is if they die with Christ by faith. Our faith in Christ means our faith in his death. Now, you, you can't ever forget this. The only way you can get out of Adam's family, the family that is going to hell, unless they are born again, because the people that were born as, the Bible refers to as the old man, the sinful man. He cannot be redeemed. He cannot go to heaven. He cannot do a good work. He has to be put to death so that we can be born again, given a new heart, given a new spirit. So you must be born again, and that's what happens when our faith is in Jesus. That doesn't mean just in the name. That doesn't mean just in a man, the son. No, that means in his death. Don't ever let that go. Your faith is only legitimate to God as you are lost being born again or you've been born again 40, 60 years. True faith, biblical faith, is faith that is in Christ. Christ, meaning in his sacrifice. Amen. Because there you were placed in him. And let me, let me confirm what I'm telling you, and I've learned this over the last few years from great ministers of the Lord of the gospel. Colossians 2 and 6 says, As we have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, as we received him, had we receive him by faith in what he did at Calvary, as we have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, so let us walk in him. The only way you can walk in him is if your faith is in what it was in when you received him, the way you received him. Don't ever forget that. Your faith is not in Christ today unless it's in his sacrificial work. Don't ever forget that. You are not walking in him unless your faith is in alone what he did for you at Calvary, not what he did and you're, you also have to do this, this, and this. No, that those things that we're told we have to do to walk in Him, we eliminate ourselves from the opportunity of walking in Him. As you have therefore received the Lord Jesus Christ, it was by faith alone. Don't let that go. If you do, you can't walk in Him. You're not really experiencing the Lord. Even what you call yourself doing in a worship service, you're not experiencing Him if your faith is not in Him. In him means in his death, in his sacrificial work. And I know people come along and say, you, you ought to be preaching the resurrection. You ought to be preaching uh, these other... Listen, the Bible does not say that the preaching of the resurrection is the power of God. It doesn't say that the, that, that, that the preaching of, of, of this and that is the power of God. It says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. 
Paul didn't say, I'm not going to boast in anything but the resurrection. No, he's talked, he said, I'm not boasting in nothing but the cross. For it is the power of God to us who are being saved. Never let that go. Now I want you to hear those things because these things will help you stay the course. They will, by the Holy Spirit, will equip you so that you'll have these, these uh, truths to share when you run across people who want to live for God. They, they want to serve God and they've been trying for 40 years. And there are people out there who know it's not working. They're, they've been faking it for 40 years. They, 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 they hear these truths, but they won't, some of them won't let go of what they've been struggling with and know this. Nobody's going to repent and come back to the, the exclusive way of the cross as long as they're deceived and they think that stuff out there is working for them. It can't work. God doesn't work in anything but the truth. And his name is Jesus. And what makes him that delivering, provisional uh, truth to anybody is faith in him, which is faith in his death. Never let that go. That's why Jesus taught, if you're going to come after me, you're going to have to deny yourself. Not of sugar in your tea, a pillow on your bed. That's, that's you trying to suffer. Listen. You're going to have to deny yourself of whatever it is that's keeping you from believing the cross of Christ is the only way. That's taking up your cross and following Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know that. I might have thrown away many years, but I'm not throwing away another minute. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm not going to be deceived by the devil. And when he comes to tell me, surely... Those years weren't away. Surely those people that are still out there teaching all that stuff, are, surely those people are not just wasting time. Surely they are. Surely they are. Some of you, I feel like somebody's listening to me today that you know the truth, you, you're hearing the truth, but you, you just won't subject yourself to it because you've got a relative somewhere. It might be a mother. You, you won't let go of all that because your mother or your relative, whoever it is, has got a stranglehold on you. They've got a control over you. That's called the fear of man. And the Bible says it's a trap. It's a snare. It holds you. You know, I've wondered recently why some people can be told by their precious parents, you can't be in ministry, you can't do this, you, you can't serve in a position like this in the church, and they point to some sinful thing in their past. And I've wondered why or how some of those people, they just go with what those loved ones have told them and they miss out on their entire calling, their entire lives. But there are others who value more of what God's Word says. They value more of the call on their life than what their precious loved ones have said to them. No doubt they mean them good, but they don't know what's best for them. Only the Lord does. Or how, how some break out of that that stronghold of the fear of man and, and actually leave the fear of man and come under the fear of the Lord. It's, it, listen, it's because of that love for God that's in that heart. Think about that. I'm not saying somebody doesn't love God, but I'm saying there's some folks that do love Him more than they love their families. And those people are the ones through faith in the cross who break out of those family strongholds. I'm not talking about no generational curse and stuff. Once you're born again, that's out, my friend. But you can be influenced by men. That could be the men 
and women in your family. Sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, siblings, co-workers, church people. The Bible says let no man steal your crown. Take your crown. Let no man deceive you. Let no man beguile you. Let me tell you, if you've been hearing the truth, it's because God's calling you to come out of where you are. That is exactly right, even geographically, even in that church building with those people. He's giving you the truth. Well, why is he not giving it to them? They don't want to see it right now. You do, and he's giving it to you. And you have got to move ahead, even if they don't. If you don't, you'll throw away what he's offering you and you'll stay there under the fear of man. To grow in the things of the Lord, you have got to learn to overcome the fear of man, the control of people, the value of man that's above the value of our God in our hearts. Praise God. That was a great lesson right there. I hope it helped you because there's some people who they've been hearing the truth, but they're, 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 <clears throat> what happens is we begin to reason with ourselves instead of reasoning with God. But the Bible says there in verse 5, for if we have been, and it should be said since we have been, because our faith in Him, because we were buried with Him by baptism into death, means we got to be buried with Him. I know most Christians don't think about this, but we're talking about in the plan of God, in the mind of God. God saw Christ dying for you. He saw your sinful man, the old man, being crucified with Him, and He saw you being buried with Christ because you were already in Him when He died through your faith today as he represented you then, and when he came out of the grave, guess who came out with him? You were in Christ from the cross. You need to understand that. When Adam sinned in the garden, you were in him, fleshly, in the flesh. We're talking now move to the spiritual. When Jesus, not a living soul as Adam, but a life-giving spirit, when you placed your faith in him, you believed in what he did for you as atoning for your sins, listen, you were given a new spirit because he's a life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. You're a, this is how you become a new creation in Christ. That means through his death, praise God. Yes, we are buried and resurrected. But, and, and ministers all over the world preaching resurrection power. But their faith is not in the cross. Therefore, they cannot experience resurrection power. And it's because it's a, of a simple statement. If my faith is not in the cross of Christ alone, then my faith is not in Christ alone. And whatever else it's in, my heart is telling God that wasn't enough. My friends, when God told the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, that means what God did in Christ at Calvary was sufficient for all things, even in the midst of tribulation and weakness and sickness and any type of infirmity, any type of situation and circumstance, no matter what it is, any giant, any Red Sea in your life, God's grace is sufficient. And God's grace is what God is doing. And what God did in Christ was the grace of God manifest. 
It was. The Bible says in Hebrews 2 and 9 that Jesus, by the grace of God, that means what God was doing, tasted death for all men. See, that's good news. That helps us understand what grace is. It's God doing something. And God was in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, to know, do you know, that God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself, not imputing their sins unto them, but offering them righteousness. Praise God. This is good stuff. This ought to get you excited today, my friends, to know this, to, to, to dwell on this, to thank God for this, to, to just uh, uh, meditate on these things and be thankful that in Christ at Calvary you were planted together. Here it says it in verse 5. Since we have been planted, and that word means united. Look it up. You'll see it comes from the Greek word that means to be united with, together with in the likeness of his death. You understand that? The word likeness, it actually means uh, uh, resemblance, that we are now in the resemblance we, of his death. Again, this is confirmation. If, if our faith is in Christ and what he did at Calvary, not 30 years ago, that saved us. But today our faith in Christ allows us to experience this resurrection power. Not our working in some purpose driven or the government of 12 or sitting in some room trying to take someone back in their first, second, and third grade years of elementary school and try to dig around in their lives to find out why they've got a bondage today. Listen, bondages are destroyed destroyed and moved away no matter what. I don't have to go looking for them. They're there in my life today. Listen, so I, listen, all I have to do is look to Calvary and I can be forgiven and delivered. I don't have to go back and, and name and find the root of everything. It's all rooted in sin. I've been forgiven. I've been delivered because I've been planted together in the likeness of Christ's death that by my faith. God sees my faith, even today as a Christian, in Christ, meaning in His death, His sacrifice for me, then I get to experience the Holy Spirit working in my life. It's called grace. Grace. Grace doesn't come because of what I do. Grace comes before, because my faith is in what God did at Calvary in Christ. And that, hear me, that same grace allows me to taste of that same death. That's what the scripture means. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. No one is tasting and seeing of the Lord's goodness today whose faith is not in the cross. It's all make-believe. It's all witchcraft that the church is full of. It's all just men's religion and psychological uh, legalities is all it is. If our faith is not in the cross, if we're not preaching the cross using God's word on every page, then... We're just out there doing our own thing and we need to know that. God is bringing this truth back to the church. We are, it ain't coming. We are in the latter rain right now. God is pouring out of his spirit upon all flesh and here's the proof of it. He said that when this happens, our sons and our daughters shall prophesy. Listen, that don't mean you travel around and tell people they got a wife coming, you got a big job coming. The spirit of prophecy is 
is the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. These churches popping up that are preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified, the power of God. That, my friend, is the manifestation of God having poured out His Spirit upon us. It is raining. I hope you're not running from the rain. I hope you're not running from the rain, but you are if you're grabbing a hold of that suitcase that's marked purpose-driven or your best life now or the government of 12 or the walk of Emmaus or any other. God doesn't use these things. God uses the story of His Son and what His Son did at Calvary. The power of God is in the preaching of the cross. How many Bible believers do we have? I know there's not many left in the church today because if there were, they would take that, believe that, share that, and they would find the experience of God's power in their lives. Hallelujah. We've been deceived to think that that's only for the lost to get saved, but it's not, my friends. It's for us to be able to walk with God and to experience His sanctification that takes place by the Spirit according to the truth we're believing about Jesus. Think about that. Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. God only works in truth. God only works in truth and the truth is Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Well, you might say, well, the whole Bible is God's truth. The whole Bible is God's truth, and it, but it can't be applied to me. It can't, I can't participate in that. I can't experience that unless my faith is in the one who said, I am the truth. The Bible cannot be my daily bread unless my faith is in the one who came from heaven and said, I am that bread from heaven. Amen. And the only way we partake and eat of that bread, Jesus said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And he wasn't talking about his skin and his, he was talking about what he would do as the Lamb of God. Us partaking of that by believing in him, what he did at Calvary. Watch this. But since we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the resemblance of his, the likeness of his resurrection. Resurrection life is for now. Later, when we're raptured or when we're with the Lord, it will be like we cannot imagine it. But this is for now. Resurrection power is for now because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We died with Jesus. We were buried with Jesus. And because we were already in Him from the cross, from the place of Calvary, when He came out of the grave, we were resurrected with Him. You need to know that. You can go to heaven by believing Jesus died for your sins. But until you begin to understand that that old man that you were died with him and that's not who you are anymore, child of God. You are now a resurrected, a newborn, born again, a, a, a man, a child of God with the Spirit of God sealed with his Spirit, that promise. And now you can live where sin no longer dominates your life. And we'll get to that in verse 14 that tells us that sin will not have dominion over us, won't dominate us. 
because we're not under law but under grace. We're under now what God is doing, where God works, which is in the truth. See, these teachings, and I thank God for that handful of men on the earth today that not only say they've got the revelation, but even that minute remnant within those people that, that really have become determined and God has shown them this is it. This is it. You open your Bible in Genesis, Revelation, anywhere in the midst of that, and the Bible, Jesus is going to show you, is about Him. He said, you search the Scriptures, you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. John 5 and 39. He says, but you won't come to me. See, you have to come to Him. Not just 40 years ago when you were born again. You have to come to Him every day. You have to deny yourself. Of all these, doesn't say deny all them. It says deny yourself of all that that men bring to the table and say this will help. No, God's help took place at Calvary. Glory to God. God's not asking for your help in what it takes to get saved and what it takes to live saved. He's only asking for your help to be a co-laborer with Him as a minister of righteousness. And that is only one avenue, my friend, that which Christ provided at Calvary. Now, I've come to the conclusion that what is right, what Paul taught and what that remnant of people are teaching today, and God is adding to that number every single day all over the world. He's adding to that number. But it's never going to be the big, huge, blown out thing until Jesus comes and proves this has always been the big, blown out thing in his eyes. You see, when Jesus comes and reigns for a thousand years on this earth, most of the people, almost all the people on the earth are still going to hate him. What do you mean? There's no wars for a thousand years. There's no wars. There's fruit like we've never seen it while Jesus is reigning on the earth for a thousand years. Yes, the proof is in that God tells us Satan will be released from that bottomless pit he's been thrown into for a thousand years. He'll be released for a short season. And in that short season, he will draw as many, the Bible says, many people as there are sands on the seashore, again, to surround the Lord and his people and try to destroy them again. You see, it's not enough that Christ can bless everything with big grapes and big tomatoes and no wars and no weapons of war. But it's His righteousness that men don't like. It's that one avenue. Cain didn't like it. I'm not bringing blood to the altar. Listen, I'll bring what I do. and I, if, if it can't be my way, I'm not coming. That is the heart of man. And that thousand years is going to be God proving to man, see, you didn't even need a devil to be evil. You're evil all in your heart, in and of your own self. You can't blame anything on the devil. Without the devil, we're still, even in the presence of God reigning as Christ on this earth, for a thousand years, no wars. A thousand years, no wars. And people are still going to hate him because they just won't humble themselves and come to him his way. I'm going to ask you today, Will you let everything else go and grab a hold of the way of the cross today? Will you do that today? Will you let family go? Will you let them believe what they want to believe? Will you come out from among them so that you can walk with God? Because you can't walk with Him unless your faith is in the cross. 
God's telling some of you, you're going to have to get out of those places you've been. You're going to have to quit giving them money, giving your tithes and offerings to something that God's not even working in because they're not preaching the gospel. They say they believe it, but that's not what they're preaching. And I know God's encouraged you today. I know God's reaching for you. You may be lost. He wants to save you today. All you have to do is believe in Christ. If you're already saved, He wants to make sure you're on the path where He can work in your life, lead you, bless you, comfort you, strengthen you, and and cause you to walk in that perfect will that He's laid before you. He loves you. I love you. And we're out of time. So I, I thank you for joining us this morning. I pray you'd help us get the word out, share these teachings, invite other people to watch. They need to hear God's word as it is relating to Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Oh, praise God. Until next time, stay determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified. God bless you.